legal snags. Tell people they're being recorded. I'm recording you, Matt and Jonathan. There you go. All right. <laughs> Damn it, I li- I quit. <laughs> I signed nothing. <laughs> hey, John. Hey, Jen. How's it going? Good. Hey, welcome to our podcast. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It feels like so long. It always feels like so long. It's been so long. It take forever. It usually but, is so long. Yes, but today's a very special day, isn't it? It is a special day. Why is it a special day, Jen? Well, because we're finally ranking the Star Wars movies. Yes, and, and because we have a special person. We do. A very special person. And it's me. Just <laughs> It is actually um, my childhood friend and uh, adopted brother, basically. And Matt Martin is here with us today. Say hi, Matt. Hello. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast with the both of you. <laughs> He's so polite, isn't he? So nice. He is. He's a good guy. Yeah. Happy to have you, Matt. Thank you. So, Matt, why don't we talk a little bit about why you're here with us? So... Um, first, why don't you share a little bit about how you know us, mostly me, because you haven't known Jonathan very long, but it's okay. But we've developed such a bond in the, just the short time that we've known each other. That's right. Blood brothers. <laughs> so, <laughs> me and Jen go way back. My little sister grew up with Jen. It's probably, I mean, who's your oldest friend, Jen? Your sister. Yeah. And and who's, my, who's my oldest enemy? <laughs> <laughs> We're not enemies anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. But if I would say my oldest enemy, it would probably be you. <laughs> we, uh, we did have a rocky start, but That's we're true. in a good <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And so there's a reason, too, why we picked you for Star Wars ranking, which I will say was a very inspired thought on my part, because I really wanted to do this ranking so that, you know, because I know Jonathan would really, really wanted to do it. But I feel like I don't have enough knowledge or enough passion to be the one to rank them, because I kind of just go, oh, I like this one. I don't like this one. Oh, this one, you know. I have strong feelings, but not about the series as a whole. And I thought of Matthew because he's had a lightsaber in his hand almost as long as I remember him. <laughs> and Jonathan, this will sound Jonathan actually got to see some of his lightsabers when we were <laughs> His lightsabers and his super epic uh, Zelda sword and shield. Yeah. Going to need to invest in. Very epic. So, Matt, before we jump into this, how about you tell us a little bit about how your love of Star Wars started? So, the first movie I ever saw in theaters was A New Hope. It was not in 1977, um, <laughs> obviously, but in the you 90s. Have aged. Fantastically. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but in the 90s, they uh, had a digital remaster for the original trilogy. This was before episode one, the prequels, came out. Yeah. So I believe it was in 96. Um, 
I went as a five-year-old to the movie theater and to episode four. Uh, it was actually also a rocky start with Star Wars. Uh, the opening scene when Darth Vader's uh, destroyer spaceship is chasing down Princess Leia's ship. There is a lot of shooting back and forth, explosions, and then Darth Vader walks in and chokes out a guy and throws him against the wall. So I actually asked my dad, can we please leave because I'm scared and have to wet my pants. <laughs> he, he totally ignored me is what he did. I'm, I'm glad he did because I enjoyed the rest of the movie. We went and saw oh, five and six the next couple nights and... I've loved Star Wars ever since. Gosh, wow. Matt, I our stories are so similar because I don't I don't know I should ask my parents. I don't know if A New Hope was the first movie that I ever saw in theaters. It got, has to be one of the first. But that's exactly how I got into Star Wars too. The first time I ever saw it was when they were re-released the oh, special okay. editions. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so cool. So. Also, well, Jonathan and I, over the last, the previous calendar year, we, we, we re-watched all the films leading up to um, episode nine. But Matt, how did your process go preparing for this? You had to do some homework, right? Yeah, I did the same, I believe. You guys said you've watched all of them recently? Well, last year, yeah. Oh, last year. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I did it in the last week, so... that is dedication wow to be fair i had not seen episodes like one and two for probably 10 years so uh, i definitely needed to rewatch with those but uh me and my wife jesslyn we uh went through all of them in the last week no all of them that's awesome Mm -hmm. except for solo because okay. Solo is not on Disney Plus, and I have not picked it up on Blu-ray. Well, I think that I think that says a lot about it. But we'll wait till we get to the. Good thing we're in a pandemic, huh? You had some extra time. That's right. Yeah, definitely. And that you have a, a nerdy wife like you, because wow, that's that's love yeah. right there. Yeah, and she she does a lot for me, so <laughs> I don't deserve. Jonathan also has a wonderful wife like that. Yes. We're working on the nerdy part. (laughs) (laughs) She's getting there. Well, that's cool. I have a feeling that uh, this ranking is going to take us a good amount of time. So let's go ahead and jump into it. So if I have this right, there's there's 11 films that we had you rank, right? Right. That's what I got. Yep. Yeah. I'm just making sure I didn't forget about one or something, you know, not being a super fan. But then I also uh, ranked all the Clone Wars episodes. Are we going to have time to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I thought about joking about that. You beat me to it. I did not. (laughs) Guys. Well, if we have to, if we, if this episode does well, you know, part two, we'll have you back. (laughs) But, uh, Matt, since you're our guest, we'll have you go first with your number 11. And also, oh wait, also, we, we mentioned this before I started recording, but how did you end up ranking 
things by? Did you go by quality or by how you feel about it or about your nostalgia? Like what, what did you decide to go by? I, I definitely went by my personal preference. Uh, I'm glad that I did rewatch them because there are some that did not hold up as well and they were really held up because of nostalgia but um yeah yeah i i went by preference anyway good Uh, that was a good choice that that that's what i was hoping you guys would do because i mean a well-made film what is it well for like the time it came out or now those are totally different things but i think your nostalgia and your love of it holds up, you know, more than what it looked like at the time. Yeah, agreed. But, but okay, Matt, go ahead. Tell us your number 11. So, as uh, you guys guessed, my number 11 is Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, for each of them, I have two, a couple of reasons why it's good and a couple of reasons why why it's bad. Uh mm-hmm. Is that all right if I dive into that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it is, I did think it was very entertaining. It was more like a heist movie, you know, with yeah. that kind of yeah. coaxium. Uh, it's kind of a breath of fresh air, I guess, for Star Wars. There's nothing really like it um, as mm-hmm. far as the, the movies go. Um, I also really liked Donald Glover as uh, Lando. I think he did a great job at with that role. However, uh, Aaron Eckwright, I can't pronounce his last name. I think it's, yeah, yeah, I think you're close. It's like Albright, maybe? It could be. I'm not sure, but... (laughs) He was not a convincing Han Solo for me. No. it's the it's solo. The movie is solo. It's Han Solo, and he didn't quite deliver. Um, there was actually an actor that played a young Indiana Jones, and he was a very convincing young Harrison Ford. However, he, I mean, he would be in his late thirties, early forties, so he would have been too old for the role. But I just wish. Well, they went through, I think, 2,500 different uh, uh, auditions. I wish they could have found someone that could have played a young Harrison Ford. Yeah. I really wish that they'd picked the guy who played Baby Driver. He was also in The Fault in Our Stars. I can't remember his name. Ansel Elgort. Yeah. There's a fan mock-up of him, like Han Solo, and he just, he looks so much like him. But. Okay. Anyway, that's yeah. my opinion on that. All right. Was um, that the most reasons you didn't like it? Yeah, and then the most, well, the, the last is, it was just kind of forgettable as a movie. Uh, yep. I think if you're going to forget one of the Star Wars movies, it's going to be Solo. Yep. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about, so, like, my biggest issue with that one, because, again, I didn't rank my films, but I'm here to have opinions about what you guys choose. That's what I'm here to do. And I hate that he has a love interest beforehand. Like, Before I don't know. Leia. Yeah, I just have a problem with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. think it was really resolved at the end either. No. 
Yeah. So it's kind of maybe there'll be a sequel to Solo. Maybe there won't, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe we'll find out the rest of the story. Otherwise, yeah, I kind of agree. Solo, yeah. Solo. Should we? Should we do this? Like, should I share where Solo is on my list? Um, right away? Or do you want me to I, say okay. my number eleven? Well, I want you to say your number 11. I think the only time I want you to tell is if you have the same one. Sure. Okay. Like, if you have them the same, tell me. Otherwise, you give me your 11. Because I don't want to, like, jip you out of your place. You know what I mean? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, you tell me your 11. Okay. So, my 11 is Attack of the Clones. The nostalgia is strong for Attack of the Clones. And there's... A lot of really awesome things about it. Django Fett's cool. The clone troopers are cool. This movie came out when I was 11, which is like the prime season of life to see Attack of the Clones <laughs> because there's all the kind of corny stuff you don't really notice, but all the action and fights and ships and lightsabers, which is all the best parts of Attack of the Clones. You know, I, I loved, I could really enjoy. So that's cool. But rewatching it now, it's just painful. I mean, there's so much dialogue horrible. between oh my gosh I, can you imagine Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman reading some of their lines and just being like George <laughs> what <laughs> I don't I have more <laughs> chemistry with my couch than they have with each other, or what or what it makes them seem like they have like they're charming people in them in other yeah. movies and yeah. they're great and it's like golly anyway sorry but this I is know. a whole this is supposed to be a love that he goes so crazy for, he goes to the dark side. Yep. Okay. And I think it's a little better in Revenge of the Sith, but oh my gosh, the, just the the relationships, and the, even between, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan, it's a little bit better, but it's still not good. You still don't believe that these people have been, uh, you know, friend and mentor for the last 10 years. You know they don't, they don't have the camaraderie that you that you want to see. So that's just real quick in a nutshell. All the action stuff is is really fun. The clone troopers are cool. The dialogue, C three PO saying he's quite beside himself. <laughs> a lot of puns in the episode too. Kills me every time. <laughs> Not in a good way. I wonder. Uh... I bet Hayden Christensen, I wonder if he even had any other movies before, or at least, you know, big budget films before Attack of the Clones. He was pretty young. Yeah. He was a slave, no father, and his mother was treated terribly by this, you know, alien. And yeah. I bet he had a lot of social uh, social issues to overcome. It ain't happening. All right. Um, so my number 10 is Attack of the Clones as well Okay, Uh, I was just talking about we were talking about the dialogue and just how forced it it seems and then I was talking about Anakin as a slave as a boy with no father and his mother getting disrespected both, uh, both of them so just a lot of social issues to overcome so, I mean, it kind of makes sense why his dialogue was so cringy. It's just, you know, why do you have to make an audience sit through it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I did like the the third act, the final act of Attack of the Clones. The mm-hmm. uh, action really picks up. Um, the clone troopers, yeah, they're cool. Uh, you know, and it it adds to it adds so much lore to Star Wars. You know, they built the whole Clone Wars series off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, lots of cool stuff. Uh, some critiques. Uh, another critique, I guess, is the whole movie felt like it was dialed up to ten. Like the, it was just all really forced. Even the action is like at a ten, uh, and it just doesn't have real good flow. Uh, the movie as a whole. So, mm-hmm. I guess I did. Uh, I kind of appreciate that the movies kind of a mystery so there are some things that keep you interested obi-wan trying to you know figure out who created the clones and um you know who they're gonna be fighting for so yeah there's some good things for sure about it too yeah i'm i honestly i'm convinced attack of the clones is a really good movie that if George had just let somebody write better dialogue, could have been, you know, really, really good. Mm-hmm. And some of the dialogue just so gets in the way. It's, a, I think, a good plot. But mm-hmm. All right. What's All right. your 10? Number 10 for me is The Phantom Menace. So my it's such a big t- disappointment, you know, rewatching. And I think this is my critique, my biggest critique of the prequels in general is that, and Jen and I have talked about this on our podcast so many times before, but so much of what we love about movies is characters uh, enjoying each other, having camaraderie, having, um, you know, relationships that are fun and believable. And uh, the characters, you know, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan and Anakin, Anakin and Padme, nobody feels like they really are having fun with each other. And that was so much of what we, you know, we'll talk about the original trilogy, but that was so much of what made the original trilogy so fun is you so believed Luke and Han and Leia loved each other and liked each other. And we had fun watching them save the galaxy. And in the Phantom Menace, it doesn't feel like anybody's having fun. You know, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, you feel like, their relationship is just kind of wooden and hollow, even though they're supposedly have spent years together. Um, I think the only real like poignant relationship is Anakin and his mom, um, which side note, I can't remember the actress that plays Shmi Skywalker, but she is fantastic. I mean, I think her, every scene that she is in gives the movie weight, you know, um, so I think she's fantastic. The movie is redeemed by, uh, <laughs> the best lightsaber battle in all of Star Wars, Agreed. in my opinion. Agreed. And maybe the best soundtrack of any Star Wars movie. Um, so, and the, the whole third act is really, you know, thrilling and there, it sets up a lot of things really well. So yeah, I'll I'll stop there. It just it's frustrating how it could have been so much more. It just leaves yeah. you wanting. But there's a lot of good point good points. 
this this is the film that I fell asleep during. So uh, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. and and to be fair, half of the room fell asleep during that one because we just went to eat, and we were very full, and it was warm in your apartment. And it was warm. Yep, and I remember that. Half of us fell asleep, <laughs> but we woke <laughs> up for the third half. But yeah, yep. All right, number nine. All right, number nine. I got uh, episode six. This was the surprise for me. Whoa, controversy. What? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, see controversy early. Growing up, this was my favorite movie. <laughs> it was. It was, you know, and my least favorite was episode five. Um, that was boring because uh Han and Leia were, you know, had this asteroid romance going on, but I just wanted to get to the Darth Vader scene at the end but so episode six does have a great conclusion um with vader and luke it seems like a forced conversation when luke is saying and confronting vader you know they're still good in you i sense the conflict but that's just how life goes um you know sometimes you have to have awkward conversations (laughs) (laughs) I get that. That's a good point. Uh, and, you know, you really you do feel... He <laughs> <laughs> knows. Uh, but I I do like at the end when Vader does take his mask off and looks at Luke with his own eyes. Um, so the whole conclusion is good, except for I don't really like that they're celebrating with the Ewoks. You know, I'm sure... <laughs> well, maybe all the Rebels are there, but... I'm just not a fan of the Ewoks. Not at all. They're, I mean, just watching it again, they they have these rocks, and they, they throw them at the stormtroopers. And, and maybe if we did a physics analysis, and uh, there's more to these Ewoks than, you know, right. than appears, it's Bounce more it believable. Like a bouncy ball. <laughs> It's just, it's it's so cheesy. I would have liked to seen an alliance with, you know, maybe some other creatures that would have been, you know, posed more a threat to the Empire. The other thing, uh, another thing that I noticed is Luke, he has his arc. You know, he's pretty whiny in the first couple. And then he's very different in this one. But I don't necessarily think it is for good. Uh, he really cares about his friends in the second, in the first two. Um, then in the third, in Return of the Jedi, he's uh, he's got a plan and it does work. But in the beginning, you know, he he puts all of his friends in these terrible positions at Jabba's palace, and he's so confident about it and you know maybe you know you can argue the force and he knows that it's all going to work out but I don't know he's just so overly confident in the movie it kind of makes him a little more shallow in my perspective I guess I also that's a good take I never thought of that before interesting take yeah Jabba's palace that whole opening it was entertaining as a kid, and then 
you know, it was really exciting. Luke's got a new green lightsaber, and that's mm-hmm. awesome. But mm-hmm. it just seems really out of place. It's kind of like its own separate movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it like even has its own little conclusion, and then, you know, then you get the second two uh, parts to the movie after that. But, um, you know, mm-hmm. I think Slave Leia that was maybe a little bit of a stretch. I think that was that yeah. could have been left out. It's like so out of place in all the Star Wars movies. Like, think about it. It is. And then... Like, you look at all... The, there's never... They don't put... I don't know. Anyway, yeah. It's very out of place. And there's the animated... Uh, the CGI aliens that are singing that pop song. Are I don't even know what genre of music it is. But it does not feel Star Wars. That's for sure. Hmm. Wow. Um, and then Boba Fett. He's... That's just a terrible way for him to go out. <laughs> it's a total accident uh, yeah. with Han hitting yeah. Boba Fett for the Sarlacc pit. Um, Matt's I'm, obsessed I'm... with Boba Fett, just so you know. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, right. he was always Boba Fett when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, Palpatine, uh, Ian McDermott, he does a great job as Palpatine. And I'm glad that they threw all that, you know, makeup on him. So, you know, he wasn't actually that old when they filmed it in the 80s. Yeah, um, paid off. And so he could, you know, reprise the part in the prequels and, you know, even here in Episode Nine last year. So that's what I have to say anyway on Episode Six. Wow. Yeah. We got heavy early. All right. Very good, very good. What's your nine, Jonathan? Uh, Okay, so my number nine is Solo. All right. I would echo a lot of what Matt already said. Love Donald Glover. Um, Like Woody Harrelson a lot, even though it's Woody Harrelson playing, like, every character he's ever played. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I, I think... Alden Aaron Reich or however you say his name I think he does you know a decent job like he has a lot of Harrison Ford's mannerisms down but he doesn't have the it doesn't have the gravitas that Harrison Ford does and I think you know part of that's by design because it's his first adventure and he hasn't come of age yet and so we see him kind of growing into that confidence Um, but it doesn't it's he, he doesn't He's not Han Solo, you know? And you go to a Han Solo movie to see Han Solo, and he's not. Um, I hate, 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 loathe the way way that Han and Chewie meet. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah. Because the, the idea that Chewie is this, like, scary monster cannibal that's eating people in the pit... Yeah. ...is... Terrible. Why yeah. would Chewie? Chewie is like Han's conscience in the, you know, yeah. in the older movies, and even in the, you know, the Disney the later trilogy. Yeah. You know, Chewie is kind of like a straighter shooter than Han is, and so to to introduce him that way, I just thought was so out of character with who yeah. Chewie is supposed to be. Um. It has it's 
it's fun. Um, like I said, Donald Glover is great. It's great to see the Millennium Falcon. Um, you know, it expands the Star Wars lore a, a little bit. Cool to see Darth Maul coming in at the end. Uh, but it's, I would just, I would totally agree with Matt. It's, it's kind of forgettable and it doesn't carry the same weight that any of the others. And, you know, I think it was supposed to be kind of a fun offshoot, but I think that just went a little too far. I also want to like put in one of the things I'll never forgive Solo for is I hate that like Han, Han Solo came from a joke. Like I hate that. Oh, right. That last name that it was like, oh, we get to we get to explain where the solo came from, and we're gonna make it a joke, and like I would have been okay with with that being how he got his name if like I don't know that it had more meaning to it than just him trying to get past a stormtrooper. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't like really that either. Annoyed um, that it was a joke. So that 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 always sticks in my head when I think of that movie, but. Or even if Han would have said Solo yes. himself. Because yeah. I think it's the Imperial officer that said Solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, if he had been like, oh, I always run Solo, I'm Han Solo. Like, it would have been something he would do if he'd done that. But anyway. All right. Got to keep it moving here. What's your number eight, Matt? Uh, my number eight is episode eight. Uh, really? Yes. So, Last Jedi. Mm. This used to be my least favorite movie, but wow. uh, I've seen it a few times. And um, <laughs> what does Snoke say? That <laughs> the light, the light rises to meet the darkness. So <laughs> it's got it's got some terrible scenes, but it also has some awesome scenes. Yes. I'll start out with the good. Um, yep. That throne room scene. Yeah, uh, beautiful. I've, I've never been so caught off guard with a Star Wars movie. I thought that, you know, I didn't think Ray was going to, you know, be murdered by Kylo Ren, but I would have <laughs> guessed that. Well, just as much as Snoke getting cut in half by Kylo Ren. So I mean, awesome. I I was really banking on him to be. You know, the the third episode of that trilogy, you know, that was going to be, you know, Luke and Vader and the Emperor kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. So uh, Ryan Johnson did a great job with that. Um, I would argue that it still is a Luke and a Vader and a Emperor, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even more so. <laughs> 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 but anyway, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. <laughs> uh, um, then after that, there's the Battle of Crate. Uh, I like the effects with the the red dust, Luke yeah. showing up, yeah. Force Ghost. That was another big surprise that I I really liked. Yeah. Um, the acting acting is good. Uh, <laughs> just again, we got a we got a couple characters that were given lines that are really cringy. Uh, that'd be Rose and Finn. When oh, they yes. To, oh, God. When they go to the Canto Bites. If, and, they, if, if we could just cut that scene out, I'd give anything. I'd give there, anything. There is two, because the other one's just as bad, I think. 
So we got Rose and Finn on Canto Bites, but also just as hard to watch for me anyway is General Haldo and Poe. Uh, Haldo, you know, unnecessarily holding uh, the plan. I mean, the Rebels need some hope. You know, like, you know, Rogue One, you know, rebellions are built on hope. And she's just kind of gave a real shallow speech. uh, And then you could tell by their reaction, you know, they weren't inspired at all. Um, And then Poe, of course, being the ambitious guy he is, takes it to the next level. And eventually it escalates to a mutiny. But it was all unnecessary cheap drama, in my opinion. And then at the end, Haldo kind of redeems herself. But even when she did that, she wasn't really a hero. She was just kind of solving the unnecessary, you know, poor, unfortunate... Problem she created. Right, exactly. Hmm. So that's episode eight for me. Wow. Very good. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about that one. Episode eight <laughs> or uh, number number eight. eight for me is Revenge of the Sith. This is really tough for me because I really like Revenge of the Sith. Uh, so eight seems low. Um, it does. I think... It does. <laughs> you put Dis- all disturbing, you put all disturbingly the... low. <laughs> it's just. Okay, well, you have Return to the Jedi disturbingly low, but we'll 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 get to that. Um, <laughs> so what I don't, what gets in the way still with Revenge of the Sith for me is uh, so much of the dialogue. You know, the that beginning um, space battle, uh, the the battle droid jokes, General Grievous, some of the, the jokes between Anakin and Obi Wan. They just don't work, and it feels for you know. I just like I already said. I just want them to feel like they like each other, and I think it's the best in this movie. Um, but that the camaraderie just is feels hollow. Yet somehow they managed to make Anakin turning to the dark side so riveting, and even though you know what's going to happen, it is so heartbreaking to watch. Yeah. Um, so I think kudos to to George Lucas and and Hayden Christensen because watching him crack the the plot and the story makes his arc of him you know turning into Darth Vader so believable um, and so heartbreaking. And to echo what Matt was just saying about Ian McDermott a little bit ago, this movie is nowhere near as powerful if McDermott isn't so just chilling and um, I I don't know, insidious. He's so good as the emperor. It blows me away every time. So, uh, and uh, you know, the action is good. The the fight scene, the lightsaber battle between Obi-Wan and Anakin at the end, I feel, you know, a little over the top to me, but still awesome. And, um, oh, you've got the high ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were the chosen one. <laughs> um, but I just, I love how, and still, no matter how many times I see it, I still find myself, like, wanting to yell, like, no, Anakin, don't do it. Yeah. Um, 
So I just, I really like Revenge of the Sith. I still, I still blame Yoda. <laughs> I'll never forgive him. It's okay. He pays for it for a very long time. But good stuff. That's, you put all of the prequels at the bottom. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew that was going to happen. So anyway, I'm surprised that Matt has some of them so high, but I'm excited to hear why. What's your number seven, Matt? Well, it's the Phantom Menace. <laughs> right. So they're one of the prequels. I liked uh, Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon. Um, he's just kind of solemn and uh, doesn't show a ton of emotion in a lot of his movies. Uh, yeah, that's him. So he's just kind of the strong, silent guy that you know, he knows what he's going to do, and he does it, and he doesn't really care if other people uh, think that he's not doing the right thing. He makes a good Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's kind of why him and Obi-Wan weren't, they didn't seem super close. I think Qui-Gon demands a lot of respect, so they weren't as, you know, brotherly, uh, you know, I guess as Anakin and Obi-Wan, because those two are a lot closer in age, too. Mm -hmm. Um, As Jonathan said, I think it is the best choreographed uh, lightsaber battle in all of Star Wars. Uh, just the speed that Obi-Wan has after that last uh, laser panel mm-hmm. is, it's, uh, it is riveting. And then, you know, it looks like <laughs> Obi-Wan is done for, but he uses uh, uh, that, that high ground move and slices Darth Maul in, in two. Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> you can just you can just stop there. We, yeah. We know. It's it's too bad. He's I mean he's the comedic character that the kids love. I loved Jar Jar when I was a kid, but and I would hear mask. Uh, right. Yeah, I did Jar Jar that, mask. It was terrifying. Creepy Jar Jar mask. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, and I I heard people that just hated Jar Jar, and I couldn't understand it. But you know, it didn't take me too long where I started seeing, you know, he's just a little too much because it's overall a very serious movie. Yeah. yeah. Mhm. That one, out of all the movies, I might be wrong on this, but I feel like that one has the least amount of comedy. I agree. Um, besides Jar Jar, Jar Jar right. is like only comedy um mm. in a way like jonathan was saying everyone is there's not a lot of camaraderie and everyone is you know kind of doing their own thing and everyone feels uh, a little bit divided mm-hmm. so, yeah it does the other star wars movies all do a great job with that you know some more than others but that's why to me Episode one, The Phantom Menace, has always seemed the most different out of the episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, the spinoffs, mm-hmm. of course, feel different, but out of all the episodes, it just—it's a very standalone movie. Because episode two and three are about the Clone Wars, and then episode four, five, six, there—that's its own story. And then the latest trilogy is its own story too. So. That's my thoughts yeah. on the yeah. fan. Yeah, very good. Number seven uh, for me is The Force Awakens. Things I like 
about The Force Awakens. A lot I like about The Force Awakens. What So what I was just saying about the prequels and how much they struggled to develop that sense of friendship and camaraderie. Uh, I thought The Force Awakens gets that so right. The, the actors have chemistry. Um, yeah. You know, even right off the bat between mm-hmm. Poe and Finn and then Finn and Ray. Uh, Why are you holding my hand? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are you okay? Um, yeah, I I love how quickly that develops and how much fun Star Wars is fun again. Watching The Force Awakens, uh, which is exactly what it should be. So I love that. What has bothered me more the more times I've rewatched it is how similar it is to A New Hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, in just I mean, every major plot point is, uh, you know, basically the same. And down to, you know, the, the 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 thing they have to kill at the end is basically the Death Star again, except bigger. Um, you know, it's the, not as original as I wish it was. But the characters, it's about the characters, and the characters are really fun. I mean, it was a complete nostalgia play, and, like, they fully admit it. So that's where, like, sometimes when I watch that movie, I can just give over to that. And other times, I'm like, oh, okay. And especially when we were when we rewatched those films last year, after having seen How A New Hope Does It just better, <laughs> seeing it repeated again, I was like, oh okay, but I just saw this and they did it better. But, you know, it had been how many years since that? So, I mean, JJ admitted, he's like, yep, I wanted it to feel like what it was, but it doesn't mean they had to do it beat for freaking beat, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. Okay. Wow. You you guys are really diverging. This is going to be interesting. What's your number six, Matt? My number six is The Force Awakens. Absolutely. Oh my god. <laughs> um, and I really, they had such a tough time. Like as far as Jonathan saying, forming that camaraderie, they had a, the biggest challenge. They were merging the old original Star Wars with yeah. the new generation, and they really did pull that off really well. They they very much respected the original Star Wars, and like Jen mm-hmm. said, you know they very much maybe even over respected the old Star Wars. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you know another plot point that I just thought of too is, uh, you know they're going to the Death Star to to rescue Ray, and you know there's another side mission too, but just like you know they ended up saving the princess. From the desk yeah. in the original. Um, so, yeah, it really is. It's beat for beat. It's just a carbon copy. It is. And I wouldn't even... I, I had a really tough time... Well, maybe I shouldn't say it. I'm kind of giving away my next one. But uh, they, I had a really tough time figuring out if Episode 7 or the original Episode 4 was better. Uh, sure. I think they're really the same. I enjoy them the most, uh, about equally. Um, but, you know, the the original was so groundbreaking. Like right. that seven here. But, yeah, it's it was so safe of a movie, it's almost hard to critique. <laughs> the, yeah. uh, the only thing that well I said. critique a little bit is um, Kylo Ren. He seems very menacing when uh, they reveal him 
uh, any, you know, <laughs> that laser bolt from uh, uh, from Poe and, you know, kills this old guy. But then you see his tantrums throughout the movie. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, by the end, yeah, he is kind of like what Snoke said. He's just a child in a mask. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He needed better parenting, but we'll get to that. (laughs) Jonathan and I talked all about the parenting issue. Yeah. Speaking of the parenting, when when he kills Han Solo, I... So in in favor of this movie, uh, on a positive note, it's still heart-wrenching for me to watch every single time, even though I know it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because Harrison Ford and Adam Driver, I, I don't know what to say other than they act good. <laughs> I just like, I love watching their eyes and yeah, you know, seeing their, the earnestness. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's great. Well, and I love how that scene gets bookended now because mm-hmm. that's yeah. oh, beautiful. So, yeah, but anyway, we, we, what's what's your next one? We got to keep going. Right. So we're on number six. <laughs> yep. My number six is Rogue One. Oh, okay. Wonder where this would be. Yeah, it, Rogue One is hard for me to place because it's so good and. Um, kind of different it's it's not as different as solo but it's not part of the same doesn't follow kind of the same formula that a lot of the others do um so it's hard for me to figure out exactly where i place it but i i think six is i I think it's great i think it nailed the look and the feel of the original trilogy yeah um and i think it's yeah gorgeously the cinematography every every planet they go to is um you know so unique and pretty to look at um k2 is a droid that is genuinely very funny and has something important to do you know sacrifices himself at the end for everyone so i i mean there's a lot that I like about this movie. I think I wish I don't remember Donnie Yen and yeah. the, his partner guy with the big yeah. gun. Yeah. Don't remember their names right now. Um, I wish we knew more about them or, you know, it seems a little bit like they're just kind of along for the ride. And, um, you know, I don't really know what motivates them as much as I wish that I did. Um, and I think Cassian is good, but he's not as likable as I wish he was. He's uh, he and not until the very, very end do you really figure out, you know, kind of what drives him, and he's a little bit more redeeming. But for a lot of the movie, I think he's he's kind of irritating and um, I don't know, negative. He's really negative, which I mean, I you know, maybe that's what he's supposed to be because he's not the hero. Jin is, yeah, lot lot to like about this movie. Nice. All right. All right, number five, Matt. All right. I got the original Star Wars Episode Four at uh, number five. Uh, And like I said, it took, uh, takes the edge over uh, The Force Awakens because of how groundbreaking it was. Um, You know, if you look at 
you know, we had the silent movies, then black and white, and then we had The Wizard of Oz with color. And I think, you know, those are huge milestones in cinematography, but the, you know, these special effects really changed the game when Star Wars came out. Um, I think everything is good uh, with the story. I don't know if it's, you know, overwhelmingly great, but it is very, it's very general and kind of vague, which is perfect for setting up Star Wars universe. There's a lot you can dive into later on. I guess some criticisms, it's a little slow, but I mean, it's an older movie too. Uh, We're used to a lot more action. Uh, But it's, I mean, that's just nitpicking. Another nitpick is Luke, uh, you know, being whiny. <laughs> and <then the> further, <laughs> but that's, yes. so you know, that, true. that's storytelling, showing an arc. So, yeah, when when I was a kid, Luke Skywalker was the guy. Uh, those were the, the those were the scenes that I lived for. But rewatching it. I'm not a huge Luke Skywalker fan uh, <laughs> as I used to be, which is kind of sad, but I appreciate Han and Chewbacca more. And so they, they all deserve some attention too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put, I'll poke this in here quick before he does his, the thing that did like disturb me the most is that both in uh, four and five, Han does disturb me a little bit with his aggressiveness to Leia. That is something I really noticed. Did you notice that this watch through? And maybe it's because Me Too has sunk into me just a little bit, even though I try to keep away from it. But I was like, man, keep your damn hands to yourself there, son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. He teases her a lot, too. Yeah, I still love him, and there's a place for it, but this time I was like, oh my gosh, man. Anyway. Yeah. I still love yeah, the last time the last time we watched Empire Strikes Back, I was like, "Oof, you can tell this is uh, this came out in 1980." You know? Yes, <laughs> this was okay 40 years ago. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, okay, yeah. number five. Okay, number five for me is the Last Jedi, and I would agree with everything that Matt said. Things I love about this movie, the one Star Wars movie that genuinely shocked me multiple times uh when kylo kills snoke you know shocking when you find out luke is not really there shocking um and i love that also i'm annoyed with haldo and also really i just wish so one of the things i'll talk about this but one of the things that i think rise of skywalker got so right was it gave finn something really important to do and in the last jedi he has nothing important to do it's like well, we have to have Finn do something, so I guess he'll go on this other side mission. And just the fact that they could somehow sneak away in, like, an escape pod or something without the entire First Order fleet noticing, you know, it's just kind of silly. The entire Canto Bite thing is silly. They should have just kept him in a coma the whole time. <laughs> and he wakes up at the end. Yeah. You can't do that to people, Jen. Yeah, well, his whole thing with Rose became absolutely nothing. So what was the point of it all? (laughs) Anyway. Frustrating. But uh, I I like the 
you know, what happens between Ray and Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo, that becomes really the heart of this trilogy. Um, and that, you know, starts in The Last Jedi. Gave something, yeah. you know, really real heart and real important things for them to do. So you like believe their connection, which is really important. Like you believe yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And there was almost as much criticism with their bond as there was with Canto Bites and Haldo. People really, there's a lot of people that really didn't like that, but I I agree. I think it added a lot to their relationship. It was really important, and it continued in uh, um, in the last episode, and I think it was a great move. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. Some cool stuff comes to that. Oh, boy. I'm excited. Okay. We're in the top four here. This is exciting. So yeah. number four, I got Rogue One. When I saw this in in theaters, I was beaming when I left the theater. <laughs> it was, uh, I, I've heard it described as it had the uh, Darth Vader scene that we didn't know that we needed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I think that if you string out all of the trilogy, uh, all three trilogies, all the episodes, all the Star Wars movies, my favorite scene is uh, Vader going through those yeah poor poor middle aged rebels like butter. It's so <laughs> it's so scary, like it's yeah. terrifying. Uh huh. It is, and he just just is slaughtering them to get. Because he's got his objective. You're laughing. Uh, and you see, you see why people fear Vader so much. That's true. Um, I also like that it focuses on the little guys, the rebels that are so dispendable. I like the. Uh, it just seems like, you know, you're so close up and in the action, uh, more than the other episodes. I like how gritty it is. Um. Really, the whole last third of the movie is phenomenal. So good. Uh, the first, the first half of the movie is, it's a little slow, and I would even say a little bit boring. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan touched on Cassian, uh, and I think Jin is just as shallow and uninteresting of a character. She's got a great backstory, but she just eh, her her acting doesn't have a lot of emotion. You don't really feel uh, bad about her past, and I don't ever find myself really cheering uh, for for them as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I honestly like the rest of the crew better than those two. Uh, sure. I thought the I can't remember his name either, but the uh, blind Jedi Temple yeah. uh, Kyber Crystal yeah. Guard. He was cool. I liked his buddy uh, K two. Funny. Uh, I think he was maybe a little too much comedy. Uh, comedic lines were given to him. Sure. I I enjoyed him overall. Yeah. Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, yeah. He did a good job. Gets to be a good guy for once. Is that the big gun guy? No, that's her dad. Oh, oh right. Mads Mikkelsen. What's the flaw? 
Oh, oh I, yes. I, I actually got confused on the actor. I was thinking oh. the uh, the Empire Krennic. Yep. Yeah. But I liked him too. I think he. Yeah, was, he was really good. Being willing to be thought a traitor so that he could do like oh I love that. That's awesome. Yep. yep. I I liked that, and I think it was a good farewell. Uh, it was abrupt, of course, but I'm glad that Jen got to talk to her father before he died. Yeah. When yeah. she died. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. The the augment, uh, I guess it would be CGI augmentation. Yeah, I just was, remember that. Yeah, that was a little bit off-putting. Uh, I thought Tarkin was really cool um, and that they brought him in. I like that, but and it was weird. Some of the scenes worked out well. It looked very convincing. But then there was a couple of other scenes where it was very, very noticeable that it was computer generated. Yeah, great film. I really love that one. I, can, yeah. I, I like that it's your number four. That That's cool. I thought it would be high up for you. I know you really like that one. Yep, it's good. All right, Jonathan. All right. Number four for me is Rise of Skywalker. Ooh, okay. Uh, I won't talk about it a lot because we spent an entire podcast talking about Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, highlights. I, I just in a nutshell, I think the one of the biggest complaints people have about this movie is all of the fanboy service and all the callbacks and so many moments that um, are kind of I don't know quotation marks for the fans, which I am an unabashed fanboy and I loved every single one of them. So. Maybe that's why it's so high for me. Yeah. Um, love, love the connection that um, uh, Ray and Ben have. And anytime somebody turns from the dark side back to the light side, I'm going to, you know, probably cry a little bit. And <laughs> like like Jen, like Jen said before, the, the fact that um, they can kind of redo that scene from The Force Awakens with, with Han and Ben. Um and instead of him, like, submerging himself into the dark side, it's him coming back. Really, really cool. My quibble, as, you know, I've watched it more times now, I think my biggest quibble is uh, at the very end when Palpatine is all the Sith and Rey is all the Jedi. That's confusing and not explained very well. And <laughs> I don't think it really adds anything. You know, I feel like it could have just been... Palpatine and Rey, um, and then there's all those whatever they are Sith people in the, like the stadium watching this happen. It's just you know seems confusing and superfluous and unnecessary. But when Ben and Rey are igniting their blue lightsabers and taking on the world together, I don't care because I am freaking out about how awesome it is. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And what the force does is so cool, even though it's not explained and doesn't make sense. I mean, (laughs) who does it? It's like, oh my gosh, from the second that Ben like goes into there and just like, oh my gosh, I'm just, anyway, freaking out, freaking out. So good. All right. Wow. Now I know what you're about, Jonathan, (laughs) and what your favorite trilogy is. But let's hop over to top three here. All right. Uh, I this, I, I, this rocked me a little bit, too. Um, <laughs> episode, episode five, The Empire Strikes Back. 
that's my that's my third. It is the most iconic movie, um, the most quotable. When you think of Star Wars, you're thinking about the Luke versus Vader fight, uh, Hoth, um, you know, the Han and Leia romance. So it's it's so so good. Um, uh, another thing that I really appreciate and realized more watching it this time through is how much control Vader has uh, when they're he's fighting Luke at Bespin in Cloud City. Uh, he's really just toying with Luke, trying to work his emotions to where he can attempt to manipulate Luke to the dark side. And seeing Vader and his power that he has, you know, that's always, always fun to watch. And it's kind of terrifying for Luke. You know, you're cheering for the little guy, but he doesn't really have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There is a couple critiques with the movie, and that's why it is down to three in my mind. I understand that when uh, Han and Leia are in the asteroid field, that's their relationship building, the romance but it is even still it's still kind of slow you know it's most star wars fans romance isn't a huge highlight uh you know that's not exactly what they're looking for when they're going to a star wars movie uh speak for yourself <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. continue <laughs> um, uh then the, I think that the pace of the movie kind of bogs down when uh, Luke is at Dagobah training with Yoda as well. It's necessary, and it shows, you know, why Yoda is conflicted to train Luke, because Luke is still quite immature, and, uh, you know, he he is older than a lot of the Padawans that Yoda used to train uh, back in the Republic era. So, uh, but it's still kind of slow. So that's why it landed at three, which did surprise me. Nice. Interesting. Uh, number three for me is also The Empire Strikes Back. Mm. But I think for different reasons. I struggled a lot with how I was going to rank these. Because I think it's different. If I'm ranking what I what film I think is the most well made or the best, Empire's number one. But if I'm ranking my favorites, Empire's number three, simply because it's kind of like the least fun to watch over and over again because the good guys don't win, mm-hmm. um, and it's really sad when Han Solo gets frozen in carbonite and Lando yeah. betrays them. Yeah. So that's that's where it is for me. Even in. Um, there's this really great documentary. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but Empire of Dreams. It is about the making of the original trilogy. And Lawrence Kasten, one of the writers, he says, you know, in a three-act play, the second the second act is usually where everything goes to hell. And usually the second act is the best. And that's exactly what Empire is. Everything goes wrong. It's the most riveting to watch. With one of the greatest reveals in the history of cinema. I mean, Empire Strikes Back, I think is probably one of the greatest movies ever made. Mm. And it's 
the biggest reason why we're still talking about Star Wars now, 40 years after this movie came out. Yeah. My biggest quibble with the movie is that the timeline makes no sense. <laughs> because oh. <laughs> it, when, you're, when you're with Han and Leia, it feels like it's been days. But when you're with Luke and Yoda, it feels like it's been weeks. And, you know, at the beginning of this movie, Luke can barely move his lightsaber towards him. And then at the end, he's taking on Darth Vader. And it's really unclear what the timeline is. Oh, my um, gosh. I remember that. <laughs> so it, you have to kind of not think about it too much. But everything else that's happening is so riveting. You don't think about it while you watch the movie. So I have... I have nothing bad to say about this movie for the most part, except that it's sad. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here Speaking, we go. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, I just, can you imagine like watching this movie in 1980 and Hansel August frozen in carbonate and you have to wait like three years no, until was, you find out what happens. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that. Like we're so spoiled. Our poor parents. <laughs> yeah. That's horrible. I was thinking that. Oh, so crazy. Matt, All what right. is your number two? My number two is episode nine. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Matt, I am so happy to find a person that is as excited about Rise of Skywalker as I am. Yeah, what's, what's the big deal? There's a bunch I, of people complaining about it. I can't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> um... I get, I get that the plot is a little disorganized, chaotic, and a little bit overly ambitious. But there's, you know, there's a lot to pack in too. Uh, it was kind of clear that you know J.J. Abrams took uh, over the project and did, yeah, you know, kind of redo, undo what uh, Ryan Johnson had done. Yeah, but he kept a lot of what Ryan Johnson yeah. too. I think uh, another, just one other little nitpick I have is the Palpatine uh, returning as a clone. Um, that was a little bit cheap. Like, oh, well, let's, you know, just make him a clone. Because <laughs> I think I've heard that it was J.J. Abrams' plan to have the Emperor, or have Snoke uh, as the main villain in Episode Nine, But yeah. then, Ryan Johnson killed off Snoke. So I think it was a little bit of a quick fix. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of believable. Uh, The Sith, you know, they set up the clone army. They got that rolling in episode two. So it's not like cloning was a foreign concept to the Sith. Yeah. I I think from, you know, start to finish, it has a lot of action. And I think that's where some people think that it's a little bit chaotic, but once you rewatch it and kind of understanding uh, and understand it uh, flow a little better, it makes more sense. Uh, Mm. I I like the camaraderie that is there. They are all very happy to be together, and Ray, Poe, Finn, they are together the majority of the movie going on missions and C-3PO he's with too. And I, I really like when they, uh, 
you have to erase his memory and I think Babu Frick the alien. Babu Frick, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's really funny. There was some criticism there, but yeah. C-3PO I thought was really funny in this movie. He's just very oblivious and just missed the subtleties of human communication. Yeah. Um, The whole last part was yeah, it was fan service, and I'll take it to Jonathan. Give it to me. Give yep. it to me. <laughs> Inject it into my veins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like when uh, Palpatine forced lightnings up into the sky and just puts everything on hold for the momentum that the rebels were gaining. You know, thanks, Lando, but now, you know, for the moment, it looked like everyone was going to die until. Ray got up, you know, after you but, know, yeah. just getting the what was when, that? When you hear the voices yes. of all the Jedi. Yep. Like, who doesn't just hear up? Like, it hurts. Like, I'm going to cry right now. It's so mm-hmm. powerful. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Qui-Gon to you know, Luke. Anakin. Ahsoka. Anakin. Yeah. Was Ahsoka in there? Yeah, yeah, Ahsoka's in there. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, put the subtitles on it'll probably tell me yeah but that's cool yeah 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 i guess uh, i i could go on but you guys have already (laughs) done a podcast yeah i'm glad you mentioned c3po because i've i've heard people complain like people say that he's annoying i think he's outside of attack of the clones i think c3po is really funny yep that was the only one where he was a little much in yeah. the bones. Yeah. Thanks. All, All right. right. Number two for me is Return of the Jedi. Uh, uh-huh. So it's probably the biggest, um, the biggest, you know, difference between Matt and I on our rankings. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, You'll see. <laughs> I agree with everything that Matt said about Jabba's palace is weird and doesn't really fit with the rest of the trilogy. Boba Fett's death is really anticlimactic. It's an abomination Um, is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's a travesty. What else was I... Oh, the Ewoks. You know, I loved the Ewoks when I was a kid, and now I get what they were trying to do to make it, you know, the common people took down the Empire, but they could have made the common people a little... Just a just a smidge more believable than free little teddy bears, right? You know? Birds, other yeah. birds that live in forests, like uh, you know, like Wookies. Those, those yeah. are, um, troopers. That would have been awesome. An army yeah. of Wookies. Give me that movie. Rewrite it, man. <laughs> it's uh, actually in one of the movies, uh, Episode Three, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think. good point. Um, yeah, so I have definitely uh, reservations about this movie. They're all overcome by I love. So the third act, you know, lightsaber battle um, and uh, spaceship battle in The Phantom Menace, I think is the best. I think Return of the Jedi is the second best. Um, I love the fight between 
uh, Luke and Vader with Palpatine there, it's there's so much tension in all of the dialogue um, and in all of their body language and, and the fight itself is really, really good. Um, and then the, the space battle, um, those special effects, I mean, that is so much fun to watch. All this, all the X-Wings shooting at the TIE fighters and um, the Star Destroyers and the Millennium Falcon flying through the, the Death Star, no matter how many times I watch it, it's always thrilling. And then, um, you know, the end with Vader saving Luke, I, it's, I just think it's, it's a perfect ending. And I think my greatest disappointment with the sequel trilogy, the Disney trilogy, is that so much of what was undone by this, or so much of this perfect ending was kind of undone. Mm-hmm. Because if there's more stories to tell, there has to be more conflict in it. So I want to believe that, you know, all my heroes kind of rode off into the sunset and lived happily ever after. And I don't really get that anymore because now I know what happens next. But I think the the ending of Return of the Jedi is perfect. Mm-hmm. We're going to have you more. We're going to have you on more. Are you, you're a Lord of the Rings guy too, right, Matt? I am. Oh, I'm we're going to do that next. Something also shocking uh, lately in my life is um, I think the original Lord of the Rings, it trumps Star Wars for me. Matt. I've been, it's always been Star Wars, but I love Lord of the Rings. Where have you been all my life? Because I agree. (laughs) (laughs) We have so much in common. I, the Fellowship of the Ring is literally my favorite movie. Yeah. Period. Right. And when I was younger, that was kind of the the boring one with all the exposition. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think the Fellowship is even better than Return of the King. Mm-hmm. Barely, 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 barely. It really is the the perfect trilogy. I literally can't think of a way it could be better. Sarah and I are. She's never read the books, so we've been listening to the audiobooks and then watching the movies when we finish. Okay. So we just watched The Two Towers, and we're getting ready to start the Return of the King book. Nice. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the thickest one I know. Return of the King is? Yeah, but I, isn't there a bunch of exposition at the end? I think so, yeah. Sarah, she's read the books. Um, I have only read The Hobbit. Oh okay. I'm a I'm a slow reader. I never did find time to read them, but I know I should. Yeah. I we probably wouldn't do it except Jen had the audiobooks and she let us borrow her Audible. Okay. So you should make her do that for you too. Yeah. Cuz listening listening on the audiobooks is, you know, pretty easy. Mm-hmm. No, I'd totally be down for that cuz I I listen to a lot of podcasts and I imagine it wouldn't be much different than that. Right. But that's 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 probably been like my highlight of this whole pandemic is getting to do that with, with Sarah. It's been really fun. Uh, yeah, when uh when you said uh Matt, I thought that you were going to rebuke me, but No <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect you to agree with me. Oh no. I I I mean I love Star Wars too, but I you know, I'll have quibbles with even the original Star Wars trilogy. I don't think it's perfect, but the Lord of the Rings, I mean, I just can't imagine it being better. Yeah, I know there's something in 
uh, the two towers that bugs me, but I can't even think of what it is right now. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that one has like the most, it changed the most things mm-hmm. between the book and the movie, but I don't mind. Okay. I don't mind the changes that they made. Oh, Jen says to stop talking. Stop talking. I, I had to turn a hotspot on my phone because my internet hates me. Okay. I'm so sorry. But I love the ending. I love the space battle. I love, um, that's so much fun to watch the X-Wings and the TIE Fighters shooting and the Millennium Falcon, you know, going through to the center of the Death Star. Thrilling to watch every time. And I think the ending of Return of the Jedi is just about as perfect of an ending as you can possibly get. Minus the Ewoks. We made it to number one. Hopefully the hotspot holds out for that. You guys are amazing. I love you. Sorry that this happens. But, okay, Matthew, this is interesting. Tell us your number one. Uh, My number one is episode three, Revenge of the Sith. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So, wow. I I think my brother agrees with you. I don't know if Jared will listen to this, but he loves Revenge of the Sith. Uh, it's it's so good from the opening battle, um, you know, the way that they fly in and then boom, you're in this battle. Uh, Obi-Wan, there's Anakin. Anakin, he is like the ace pilot. So, you know, he gets Obi-Wan out of a jam. And the one thing that I disagree with, Jonathan, is I think they do seem a lot more like brothers in the third episode. Mm-hmm. In episode two, it was painful to watch how um, how much Anakin tried to rebel against Obi-Wan and kind of go ahead uh, you know he would always talk about Obi-Wan holding him back yeah um, so I think and he so he saves Obi-Wan there uh, after they confront uh, Dooku Anakin defeats Dooku he saves Obi-Wan and says his fate will be the same as ours. So you know that, you know, Anakin cares a great deal about Obi-Wan. Yeah. I haven't even uh, gushed on how much Ewan uh, McGregor, he's... Oh, yes. He is the bright spot of the prequels. Uh, He is a phenomenal actor. Yep. You know, you, you can read him, and he does a great job showing that he cares about Anakin. Um, talks about, you know, in their last confrontation on Mustafar, I believe, but he talks about how he failed him. Uh, and I think he does, you know, he takes that to heart. There, uh, but the whole movie has great flow. It's, I like the clone, uh, some of the Clone Wars, uh, when they're on Utapau. And you mm-hmm. think Obi-Wan faces uh, General Grievous. I think that's a great fight scene. Mm-hmm. Grievous is a little odd of a character. And there is, you know, the battle droid <laughs> jokes. You know, I, they are kind of corny. But mm-hmm. I think they're pretty funny, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, the ending with the Mustafar uh, battle. So it is, it's pretty drawn out. You know, that battle goes a lot longer than when Yoda confronts Palpatine. Um, but you think about it, Obi-Wan trained Anakin. 
Anakin fought with Obi-Wan, they know each other so well. You know, they've been sparring for so many years. And it is, they're two, uh, Obi-Wan's a little bit more defensive to match Anakin's sheer power. But they know how to counter each other. And the yeah. they don't talk much at all in that fight. Uh, not a lot of chatter, but it's so emotional. Yeah. Uh, wow. Matt, I cannot believe that one of the prequels is your favorite. Yes. Like, that's amazing to me. It's very far ahead of episode one and two. It was a great way to end it, but I think that the prequels were already tainted by the time Revenge of the Sith came out. If episodes one and two would have delivered like Revenge of the Sith would have, you know, it very well may have even taken, you know, well, it would have been unarguably the the best of the three trilogies. Yeah. And I'm saying that, I'm not saying that, you, I just mean in like conversations we've had, I didn't realize your feelings about that one. You know, I guess I've just, it's never come up as much. We've talked about newer films mm-hmm. in this year. So that's more where my surprise comes from is I didn't know that. So that's, that's yeah. Awesome. And I think I've always, because I know that the prequels, a lot of people don't really like them. So maybe that's why I haven't been as vocal about it, but. Sure. Um, one thing that is a little painful to watch is how easy Anakin turns and yeah. how submissive he is to the Emperor right away. Yeah. Palpatine was, you know, trying to make, you know, slowly uh, seducing him to the dark side and planting ideas in his head. But then he just, after he cuts off Mace Windu's arm, you know, he's just the Emperor's dog yeah. after that. But wow. uh, and then that last scene when the the helmet goes on Darth yeah. Vader and makes that squeak sound that gives me yeah. goosebumps every time. Yeah, yeah. and as well on Tatooine with the two moons too. So it was a yeah. perfect way to to end the prequels. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. All right. Yeah. And then- one thing I'll, I'm going to say, because I know what yours will be, too. I've been writing these down. That's how I knew what yours was, and I was getting excited that you put that sure. on. Jonathan has a very clear... He kind of ranked his by trilogies. Yeah, which yeah I'd say that's true. can't see in front of you, but he definitely has the prequels at the bottom, and then he has the originals, and now he's... Or, I mean, not the originals, the newest ones. And then what's your number one, Jonathan? Uh, my number one is the OG... Really? Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope. Um, And so again, I would say Empire is the best. A New Hope is my favorite. Um, I totally agree with Matt. The first half of A New Hope is kind of boring and pretty slow paced. Um, Again, came out in 1977. So some of that is just, you know, pacing, pacing of all movies was different in 1977. Um, but when it, when they get to the Death Star, that, uh, I don't know if it's the last half or the last third of the movie, when they have to escape the Death Star and get to the rebel base and then go blow it up, nothing tops that for me. I mean, it is just, you know, breakneck, breakneck excitement the entire way through. And then all of the banter between 
Han and Luke and Leia and <laughs> um, <laughs> into the garden yeah. shoot Flyboy and mm-hmm. um, can't decide if I, you know, I can't. What did he say? Can't decide uh, if I want to the liker or yeah, if I'm starting to the liker or I want to kill her. So I mean, all of that. It's just. That's it, where it all started, and it's why we love Star Wars. And Obi Wan sacrificing himself for the for the rest of the the team, and Han coming in to save Luke from Vader at the very end. I mean, I tear up every time. It's just it's just fun. It's just you know, it's Star Wars. It's what it's supposed to be. Mm. You know, Not can't bad. top it. I can't argue with that. Oh wow, wow, that's so awesome. It's so funny to see, like, where you guys agreed and where it was very different. I mean, really, the two big differences for you guys is, like, Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi. Those are the two biggest upsets. Mm -hmm. And the only ones you had in the same place was an Empire Strikes Back. That Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. So, that's so cool. Most of them are very close, though. That is, that's awesome. Wow. I don't even know how to like wrap this up because it was awesome just listening to you guys talk about this for an hour and a half. I could keep going. I could talk about Star Wars until midnight. I mean, what are you, what are you guys doing? Should we go through the Clone Wars? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I actually have a confession. I've only seen the first half of season one of the Clone Wars. So Oof. I got some homework. Yeah, well, to be honest, I think I've only seen like two seasons of it. So Someday... Our, like, part two to this will be, like, ranking our favorite characters. Because I could definitely put input Ooh. into that. Yeah. So like, we'll we'll save that for a part two for that's good. Maybe that's Star good. Wars Day next year. Because that one I could definitely make a list about. But the movies were harder for me. I tend to mostly probably lean into, I feel like, Jonathan's list, mostly. Like, I think I, like, when I look at them, I probably align with that more because the prequels are really low for me. But I agree with what you say about Revenge of the Sith. And I just wish, I wish we could remake the prequels, even though I want this most of the same people. <laughs> I just want something differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's what sucks. But, wow. Okay, well... I won't keep you guys any longer. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for putting up with the technical issues. I promise when I get this edited and put up, it'll there none of that will, will be in the way. But <laughs> thank you for joining us, Matt. We so appreciate it. This was just so fun. And Glad it's, to have you. Yeah, yes. it was a lot of fun for me. I really uh, was excited about it when uh, Jen asked if I'd be willing to do it. You're yeah. so dedicated watching all of the Star Wars movies in a week. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is the kind of dedication we are looking for. Yeah, it took us a year. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. granted, it wasn't quarantine and we weren't stuck in our house. But when we, when John and I started the podcast and we wanted to have guests, you were one of the first people in my mind. Oh, and I was like, actually, yeah, we want you here. <laughs> Jen, while you were um, off air for a bit, having some technical difficulties, we started talking about uh, Lord of the Rings. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, sharing our thoughts and opinions on that. So maybe Definitely. maybe that'll be a, f- a future podcast too. Maybe we Love just need to, maybe we just need to call this John, Jen, and Matt. Like we'll just start pulling Matt. It'll be hard. Yeah, <laughs> this guest appearance is going to be permanent. That's right. Yeah, I Lord of the Rings is definitely on there too because I'm getting ready to do a rewatch of those. I know Jonathan, you just did. Jonathan and his wife just read all the books. 
again, Matt. Yeah. Did he say that? He might have said did, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I just realized, yeah, you probably said that. So yeah. that could be fun. Yeah, but, I would uh, I'd have to rewatch The Hobbits. Ugh. But, yeah, no, I think it would probably be a better list if we brought in The Hobbits, too. Well, I wasn't just thinking, like, listing. I could find another fun way to do That's that for too. We could do characters for that. There's a lot of characters, so we could definitely... Oh, so many characters. Do something. Or, talk, or break down the battles or something, you know. Oh, we'll yeah. Figure, we'll figure out. But, okay, well, we'll wrap this up. Um, this has been our podcast this week. Um, I hope you've had a wonderful May the 4th or whenever you're listening to this. Um, that's when I'm planning to put this up for Star Wars Day. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you.